Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Broke Bitch Anonymous. Please excuse me if my voice sounds fucked up. I was starting to lose it on Friday, and now it's Sunday, and I actually haven't really spoken to anyone all weekend, mainly because I haven't really wanted to. Uh, I worked for the first time in a while, and I worked for five days in a row at two different clubs, so it was a lot... It was chaotic and aggressive and overall, I mean, a good experience I did make over my goal. uh, I made a nice amount of money that I'm not even going to say on here because I feel like everybody is always pocket watching and you never know who's listening and I don't know. Eventually, I maybe I'll share my money goals and how much money I've made this month, but for now... I worked for five days in a row. It took a lot out of me. And this weekend, all I did was yesterday, I went to actually go see a house because I know last time I was ranting about feeling homeless and giving up my lease and all that stuff. And there's just something that clicked in me and the right next move feels more like investing in something than renting again. So... I don't know. We're going to see what happens. I did spend all day literally researching tiny houses and houses built in like, what do you call it? Shipping containers, because apparently that's a very popular option for home building these days. I had no idea this was like an actual industry and something that you can actually hire people to do. I thought it was just like a few houses on Instagram. But uh, I did spend all day researching tiny houses and land lots in Atlanta, which I feel crazy for doing. I think anyone, any adult or person over the age of 21 who develops an unhealthy and quick obsession with tiny things, whether it's like miniature figurines or tiny houses or I, I feel like anything just comically small, it's like a red flag that something is wrong in your life or like maybe you need to check on your own mental health. I don't know. For me, I think a tiny house or like a pre-made house that they then deposit onto your lot makes a lot of sense because it seems like it's cheaper and faster and just like more efficient than actually buying a already made house, especially if you want something that feels a little bit more new and modern. I've realized because I've spent the last few days just like obsessively looking at houses and land and pre-made houses that they put onto your land, whatever, that if you want something that is new and modern and feels nice, kind of like a condo almost, and your budget isn't, you know, close to half a million dollars or around three to 400,000 minimum, um, you're not really going to be, you're not going to have much luck in Atlanta. And if you buy your own piece of land and then build on top of that or get a little house put on top of it, you are probably going to save a lot of money. So For me, a little baby house actually seems like a good idea since I'm the only one that's going to be living in it. And then hopefully, eventually, I was already thinking like the next move, which maybe, I mean, you never know, but people always say, you know, have multiple streams of income, this, that. So that's obviously the goal for everybody. And I was thinking, especially because I've stayed in so many Airbnbs in my life, that maybe I can eventually get to a place, hopefully sooner than later, where I'm just airbnb being this property out that I own. And I feel like a tiny little container house 
situation could actually be like a cute Airbnb vibe where it almost could be like a selling factor, like a little Scandinavian, you know, minimalist Japanese energy. I feel like that could actually be something that people would want to stay at. Plus it's cheaper for me and it just makes more sense. So anyway, I spent the whole day doing that today and yesterday I went to go look at a house. It kind of made me realize that buying a house straight up is like a lot and in my budget, which I'm trying to stay below, like I'll just be honest, $200,000, which you can find houses like that in Atlanta. But like I said, you're not going to find your dream house. Um, To buy a house already in that budget is like you're really limiting yourself to what's out there. And this house that I saw yesterday was just like, it was really small. And the neighborhood was, it was nice. And to be honest, like, I'm really happy almost anywhere. I don't need to be, like, next to all the bougie juice bars and whatever. I don't need to be in, like, in Atlanta, that would be Buckhead, or in New York, like, fucking Soho or whatever. I don't need to be there. I really, really, really don't. I don't really drive, so, like, being close to things is convenient, but for the most part, I'm good almost anywhere. But there were just a few things about, like, the showing yesterday that just, like, didn't feel 100% perfect but at least the house was in the right price it just started to make me think about other options so i will definitely definitely do an episode all about that soon um i was also talking to a girl that i work with who's like way younger than me i think she's like 23 or something she already owns three houses which is crazy um so there's a lot of people that have a lot more experience in this than i do i am just dipping my fucking pinky toe in But yeah, so that's all I did this weekend, and I did not speak to anyone other than the realtor that I met, who was actually a very cool woman. She was also in her, like, mid-20s. Well, she was... She was in her mid-20s. No, I can't say also anymore because I'm not. But she was very cool. Uh, She actually ended up driving me to where I needed to go after. And other than that, I didn't speak to anyone because I have not wanted to speak to anyone I forgot that working five days in a row, especially at two different clubs, because like, you know, every place has their own dynamic, how they run shit, different managers, different customers, different people you got to deal with, just a different environment. It really takes something out of you. And normally I wouldn't even work five days in a row, but I just realized First of all, because I hadn't worked in a while and also because this current place that I'm staying at, the room that I've rented, like, I don't love it. It's a lot of different people coming and going. There's not a lot going on around here. I can't really walk anywhere. It's just like the window doesn't even open. So that's like really shitty. I don't love to be here. So I just figured like, let me just go to work every day challenge myself to make as much as I can and so that's what I did but honestly more than being just mentally and physically exhausted from being at the club for at least eight hours every day what being back really made me realize is I feel like we need to do a little bit of housekeeping a little bit of a strip club etiquette refresher a fucking stripper town hall, a strip club patron town hall, just so we can all get on the same page. As much as the people who probably listen to this already know 
some of the things I'm about to say. Hopefully this can serve as some kind of refresher or wisdom for some others or can be shared with others because there are so many people that come into these clubs, both people who work there, dancers and gentlemen, patrons, customers, whatever you want to call them, that do not know what the fuck is going on and do not know how to act. It's like we had a whole pandemic and they just forgot how to act in public or maybe they never even knew how. I really am unclear. But the worst part about it is when customers don't know how to act and also when girls don't know how to act, it's fucking the money up in both ways. And I kind of regret talking about this currently because I'm going to close this door. I'm trying to keep it a secret at this Airbnb what I even do. I don't want people to know. I just want to stay in my own little bubble because I just don't want any problems with anyone or I just I want to mind my business, you know? And so shouting a bunch of rules and regulations and my opinions on strip clubs and strip club culture from this Airbnb with very thin walls is probably not the best way to keep a low profile, but I'm going to do it anyways because I really need everyone to get on the same page here. So I'm going to start first with the customers and then we're going to transition more to what you should do as a dancer. And I know some girls have like Patreons that teach girls what they should do that want to become dancers uh, I know YouTubers make videos about this stuff. I know there's a lot of advice that exists on this already, but I have some points that I really want to touch on. I don't feel like have been discussed and that will come later because the whole dancer part I think is more important even than the customer part. But if any strip club customers are listening to this, Please, for the love of God, please do not come to the strip club if you are on a tight budget. And if you do come on a tight budget, if you have the balls to even walk through the door with a fucking $20 bill, which please just go home, just do not come, please don't tell any of the girls that you're on a tight budget. Like, don't even let them waste their time talking to you. Just... Tell them you're not looking for... Just don't... This is why I say don't come because you're just taking up space and you're wasting people's time. But the amount of people that I've had this week alone tell me that they're on a tight budget after I've given them one or two dances and they've asked me to stop is just so depressing and grating to my soul. And it just makes me look around the club like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, please go home. Don't come if you're on a tight budget. And beyond that, if you actually want to be a good customer, tip on top of the price. So if you're getting dances and it's $10 a song and you get four dances from somebody, the polite, decent thing to do is to give that girl at least $45, $50, or $60. Tip on top of the songs, especially if she's sat with you and talked to you and wasted her time on you for a little while. At least give her an extra couple songs. Tip just like you would tip at a restaurant or a bar, whatever. When you guys go to the bar and you get a beer that costs $7 and you leave them $12, that's how it should be for dances. Tip on top of the price. Unless, of course, you're there at night and you're just throwing money 
then that's different. Everyone's just counting on your generosity. But if it's something where there's a fixed price, you really should be tipping. And the amount of people that don't tip, I would say it's like 80% of customers don't tip at all. It's just depressing. And it feels honestly disrespectful because in every other service industry, people get tipped. And in addition to that, please do not come to the club if you just want to sit and talk and drink with a dancer and not tip. I had a situation this week where I don't even know how to approach this story because it really just like crushed my spirit. But someone came in to see me who I've known since I got to Atlanta. I actually met him in the parking lot of a club that I went to when I first got here because I had gone trying to be hired and they had told me that I couldn't work that night, that I had to come back another night because they were full or I had to go meet this other house mom, whatever. So I had gone to the club all dressed up, gotten all cute, put my makeup on, got my shoes, everything, gotten all ready, went there, take, taking fucking the bus there. They told me I couldn't work and it was out in the middle of nowhere. There wasn't a lot of stuff around. I didn't have a lot of money, so I was standing in the parking lot debating, like, should I wait for the bus to come back and take me home? Should I call an Uber? Like, should I try and go somewhere else? What is the move? And this guy pulled up, rolled down his window, and asked me, you know, what are you doing? Are you okay? Whatever. He seemed cool and clean and just not sketchy. He had a nice car, which honestly doesn't mean shit because people fucking are scammers and have nice cars all the time. And that does not mean they're good people. But I was desperate and to be honest, pretty much lost. And he said, you need to ride somewhere. So I got in the car and the first thing he did, actually, we start driving down the freeway. I don't really know where we're going. I think we were like going north, which was, I was in East Atlanta. So we were going like the polar opposite way of where I needed to be going. But as soon as I got in the car, he started to feel extremely paranoid that I guess I might have had like a pimp or something, more on that later, but that I was maybe being followed by someone or something like that because apparently he had, he had recently at that point had a situation where he had picked up a girl and she was being followed by her pimp and then they robbed him and it was just like got really, really ugly really fast and he was saying like he shouldn't be doing this, picking up another stripper because he had just run into a really bad situation doing this exact thing, blah, blah, blah. And I was trying to reassure him like, don't worry, bro. I like... I'm the last person. I have nothing on me. Like, I am the most harmless person that you could possibly have chosen to pick up. I don't have anyone with me. There's, of course, no one following me. Whatever. But everything I was saying was not reassuring him. It was almost making him feel more paranoid. I guess it's like overselling anything to someone makes them more on guard. And so instead of calming the fuck down, as I wanted him to because I'm in his car driving down the freeway very fast, not knowing where I'm going. It's late. He takes a gun out of his dashboard or like the whatever, like glove box. Yeah, glove box. And it's Georgia. So everyone can have a gun, but he takes a gun out and starts like holding it. He's like, well, I have a gun. Like in case, you know, if you're lying to me, like, like I'm armed, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I was so scared. And this was when I realized that I'm a fucking idiot and I need to be, this was one of the first times I realized when I got down here that I'm an idiot and I need to be more careful. But he starts like waving this gun. He seems really nervous. I'm nervous now because, well, I already was nervous, but I was trying to pretend I wasn't to calm him, but it's clearly not working. 
And so as soon as I saw the gun, I'm not really used to that because like I'm not from here. We don't have guns like that at all. I just automatically went into like something like snapped in me. I just went into like the survival calm mode where I think I almost started speaking like softer and I was just like, don't worry, I promise, blah, blah, blah. So eventually, finally, he calmed down and I just like inside I'm screaming, but on the outside, I'm just calm as a cool as a fucking cucumber which I don't know how I was able to muster that because I'm a very anxious person but I think when you realize if you're in kind of like a life or death situation not to be too dramatic about it but your your life might be in danger something in you snaps and you just do whatever you need to do to survive like I don't know but anyways that happened and eventually he calmed down He, he ended up driving me to his condo and so embarrassing so embarrassing but he was like so like you want to be a dancer like what outfits do you have blah 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 like you should put one on so I like put one on like kind of danced for him a little bit it was like really really embarrassing and I'm only telling this now because I feel far enough removed from it that I can and I also realize I'm I say the word embarrassing too often in my stories I really just feel like everything in life is that but anyways that that's what happened at his place and his apartment ended up being pretty nice kind of out the way but it was nice there were like guns everywhere also I guess it's just Georgia so people like to have guns but um at the end of the time that we were hanging out together we were drinking we ended up going out and then at the end of the night he ended up giving me $900 which was such a relief at that time especially that night when I was hoping to be working And it just made me feel like, because I didn't have to do that much for it. We didn't really, like, I didn't know this man. We weren't, like, anything. We didn't even go, it wasn't even like we went on a date. He just kind of gave me the money just as a nice gesture, almost like a protective friend. Or maybe he just saw that I was actually who I said I was. And I wasn't, you know, trying to finesse him or lie to him or anything like that. But that gesture went really, really far. And I didn't see him again for, like months and months but we followed each other on Instagram and we would sort of keep in touch once in a while and he would see you know as as I was getting my life together piece by piece and I got my apartment and I started getting a little bit more money and whatever and he would just send me little messages of like encouragement once in a while like see I believed in you like I'm happy for you all of that it was really sweet so I had kind of a soft spot in my heart for this person even though I don't know him that well But I actually didn't see him again until this week, where the first time I saw him, he came to one of the clubs I was working at, gave me a hundred bucks, even though I only danced for him for like, I don't know, not a hundred dollars worth of songs. It's probably like six songs or something like that. So I appreciated that. He didn't stick around for a long time. And then the next time he came a couple days later to a different club. This was two days ago. So I'm sitting with this man. We're drinking. I have like maybe two tequilas. He's drinking. I ask him if I can dance for him. He says, no, he's good. I ask him if he wants to go hang out in a champagne room. He says, no, he's good. I ask him kind of like, I'm just trying to see what type of time we're on, what we're doing. He's always been very generous with me, so I'm not worried about it. But at the same time, I sit with him for like over an hour at prime time at the club when it's super busy there's a bunch of customers there but I'm just sitting there on my ass drinking with this guy after an hour goes by and he still doesn't want anything I just ask like 
okay, what do you want to do? Like, if you want me to leave you alone, I'm happy to. But I ask him, and I don't remember how I phrased it. I must have phrased it in like a clunky, awkward way. But I asked him if he could tip me for being with him for the last hour because it was like prime time at the club. I could have made so much more money. And he just looked at me like I was crazy. Like I was the crazy psycho one. Not like he had just come into my place of work and wasted over an hour of my time and then not even offered even like 20 or 40 bucks. Honestly, at that point makes a really big difference in how you feel about someone. I know the fact that I hung out with a stranger I met once and he gave me $900 and then came to the club and didn't tip isn't necessarily fully related to the fact that customers should tip girls. But in general, please just be aware, even if you're friends with a dancer or somebody that works at the club, if you are coming to their place of work and taking up their time at work when they could be doing something else, you should be aware that you should, as a decent person, compensate them for their time at least a little bit. That's just the decent thing to do. I would never, ever go to someone's place of work and waste their time and not give them any money. Like, that's just... I don't care how fr- how close you are with them. I don't care how friendly you are. Tip people if you are with them at the club, period. So I was upset a little bit that that happened to me this week. But you know what? Charges to the game. It happens. I just wanted to remind everyone to please tip. Also, after you tip or after you get your dances or after you sit there and don't tip anybody and waste people's time, Please, please do not ask a dancer what she is doing after this. Just don't. Because we are going to bullshit you that we're down to hang out and that we're down to meet up and go out or get dinner or come to your apartment or... I mean, I'm probably not going to bullshit you that I'm down to come to your hotel because I'm really, 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 really not down to do that. But you're just creating more emotional labor where there doesn't need to be any. At most, you can exchange numbers or get someone's Instagram or whatever. But just please don't ask a dancer what she's doing after this. At least don't ask me. I'm going home. I'm making food. I'm taking a long and hot shower and I'm going to sleep Or I'm going over to someone's house that I actually want to see that is in my life for reasons outside of the club. So I just hate that question. What are you doing after this baby? I feel like it's so just washed and lame and exhausted. Please stop asking it. And I understand if you're at a new club or you're in a new city and you want to make friends or you want to meet new people. And obviously the strip club is somewhere where it's very easy to talk to new people, much easier than it would be at a regular bar or whatever. But I still don't really think that it's an excuse. However, there are some things that you can ask. And I think you should ask, especially if you're in a new club or a new city where you don't really know how things work or how the what the rules are or whatever. Obviously, you can try to look these things up online, but in general, I feel like if you are getting, if you want to get some dances from a girl, especially for day shift or something like that, where there's usually set prices for different things like dances, I think it's totally fair to ask how much dances are before a dance starts or before you get a dance from anyone. 
you can ask how much they are, ask how things work, ask about like the VIP rooms. You ask about all of these things so that after someone tells you how much money you owe them, you, you're not surprised. Especially if you're in a new club. I really hate when people don't communicate that they don't know what's going on and then you tell them how much money they owe you and they act like you're lying or something where obviously you're not lying you work there but they just had no idea so i think it's actually the polite thing to do to ask like okay how much is a dance or like also dear men dear all male customers actually all men in general i think a lot of people have a problem with this i don't know why it's so hard but especially male customers at the strip club. If you're going to a strip club, you know girls are going to be dancing on you and close to you. Please shower. Please shower. Just treat it like you're going on a date. Wear cologne. Clean yourself. There are so many people that come to the club and they wear stinky clothes or they just smell. It's so nasty when you have to be like, grinding on someone pretty much that smells terrible i don't understand why this is a problem it's very very simple we're adults please shower and this goes for both showered and unshowered patrons and actually also for females that come to the club because i've actually been surprised there are a lot of women that come to the club that almost try to do more than men maybe they feel like more com i don't know but in general please don't touch the dancers every club has different rules about this some clubs allow no touching some clubs don't give a fuck whatever it is if you don't know what's going on ask if it's okay and if it's okay to touch please do not do the most like the men who try to do the most and touch you everywhere after like any amount of songs, but especially after only a few songs, it's so repulsive and it's so entitled. And I really cannot wrap my head around how that entitlement could even form. When I'm at a strip club, the last thing that I feel like I should be doing is reaching out and like grabbing the dancers and touching them. Both as a paying or unpaying cause it doesn't matter. Just don't try. The amount of people literally that try to like, and I'm sorry to be so blunt about this. It's disgusting, but it's true. Literally try to like finger you or like suck your like wherever. It's disgusting. Stop it. Please, 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 please stop. It's embarrassing. And I know there's girls that let it happen. I'm going to get to that. The girls that are fucking the whole fucking game up. But just as a rule stop it's disrespectful and especially i'm gonna add a side note actually now that it's on my mind the amount of people that come into the club like regulars that i don't even really entertain anymore but still feel like they can come up and like slap my ass or grab me somewhere or whatever just because like they think that i like like i'm friendly to them or something because i'm not gonna i don't they're because i'm not gonna piss people off at the club but why do you feel so entitled that you can do that to me just because like yeah, I'm half naked, but you're not like, I'm not even speaking to you. You're not even tipping me. One of the guys that does this all the time, he's such a fucking loser. Actually, I had to block him on Instagram this week. He comes to the club every day. He had invited me to a couple of parties a long time ago and he would drop me off at home. And I always gave him like at least $30 every time he dropped me off at home, even though the drive was not that far. I just like, I wanted to say thank you for inviting me to the party, whatever. I would just leave it there. I always would like 
I'm the type of person where if you're good to me, like I will always reciprocate that energy and tip people well and whatever. This man, I was buying something at the club this week and I was short $2. I needed two, two, two $1 bills, $2. He was standing beside me and I asked him, I was like, do you have $2? And he just walked away like, no. And I was like, you are such a cheap fuck. And every day he comes to the club and like grabs my ass or whatever. Like it's disgusting. So just please don't do that either. Especially if you're somebody that like isn't even getting dances. It's really obnoxious. And I know I probably shouldn't use the word demoralizing because yes, you're a stripper and you're walking around in your underwear, but it is kind of feels more demoralizing in a sense because when random dudes walking by that you're not even speaking to or having any sort of exchange with start grabbing you, it's just gross. So please stop. And a lot of the people that do this sometimes can be like some of the pimps that hang out at the club that feel too comfortable or the wannabe pimps because there's a lot of those. And that's actually a really good segue to my next topic for the girls. For the ladies, the dancers, all of the females that come to the club to make some fucking money, this next section, I want to address some of the shit that we have been doing that should stop or should change or all of the above. First of all, please, and I this is sad to me, but just please do not use a pimp or get involved with pimps, or anyone branding themselves as someone who can help you get hired somewhere, or help you make more money, or any of that, odds are 99.9% of the time, they're fucking losers. You do not need anyone like that, because anything they can do for you, or anything they say they're going to do for you, you can do it on your own. Any club that a pimp says he can get you hired at you can probably get hired on your own unless you literally can't afford to go buy a pair of shoes and an outfit which by the way you can buy shoes on amazon for like 40 bucks and an outfit for like 10 dollars, and you can find that i hope most people can find that money somewhere you do not need a pimp for that you there's nothing they can do for you that you can't do for yourself and even though sometimes they obviously upsell a dream of like oh, well, I have these clients and you can be making 15 grand a night and you can be living in this apartment or whatever. First of all, anything that sounds too good to be true is too good to be true. And And really the saddest part about it is even if they do bring you some of those things, which the chances of them actually doing that are very, very low, the chances of you actually being able to keep and maintain that lifestyle on your own are slim to none because now they're going to feel like you owe them. Now you're going to be locked in with them. Now, if you guys have a problem or falling out, which you probably will, because they usually have a bunch of shit going on and a temper and whatever else. I mean, they're usually not the greatest Mother Teresa-like figures. All of the shit that you even were able to get through them will probably slip away from you. So being able to build any sort of wealth or anything on your own is so much more powerful than doing it with somebody like that. And just, I would say, stay away from those people as much as you can. I remember there's a pimp that comes into one of the clubs that I work at all the time. And this was months ago before he realized, like, I just really 
I'm not about that life. Like, please leave me alone. He would always waste my time, sit me down for like 30 minutes at the club when I could be working, never give me money and just show me pictures of like his cars and his watches and the cribs that some of his girls stay at that he's been able to get them and how much money I could be making if I was working for him and all of that. And the truth is most of it is cap. But even if it wasn't, you are so much more likely to get those things without a pimp, just working on your own and not giving your money away to some dude. And the sad part is like a lot of the girls I know who have been hired through pimps at different clubs, and I've seen it happen. They never stick around. They never are able to stay. And whether it's because they have a falling out with that guy or whatever the case is, like this is going to bring me to another point I want to touch on. Let me just wait to touch on it, actually. But if you want to be consistent with this shit and you want to actually build some kind of wealth, don't, don't, don't ever get near a pimp. And especially also, because I don't know about other cities, but there's also a lot of, like, fake wannabe pimps, which is even sadder, I think, than actual pimps. Those guys will waste your time to degrees that doesn't even make sense to me. But my like rule of thumb that I've realized now is if a guy is talking to you and says that he can help you out or this, that, whatever, he's kind of talking like his pimp language. If you talk to the manager of that club that you're at and if the manager doesn't know who you're talking to or who you're talking about, odds are that dude, that quote-unquote pimp isn't really even about that life like he says he is he's not even really doing all of that like there's so many fake wannabe pimps out here it's just depressing truly and I would just stay away from all of them you can do all of it on your own you can go get hired you can get your permits you can get your shoes you can get your outfits you can take pool classes like all of it is achievable on your own and I'm talking about the strip club because if you want to do shit outside of the strip club, I know girls do. That's your own personal safety and I don't do that, so I don't want to touch on that. But in the club with pimps, no, don't do it. Don't. Just to give an example of how ugly this shit can get, and I'm really grateful for the fact that I'm a little bit older, I feel like, for this reason, because it, I just know that I can do this stuff on my own and I know that pimps are just bad news for the most part I've known a lot of pimps like from Toronto I've known just people that have been involved in different ways and I I know that it can get ugly and even last week one of the clubs I was working at one of the guys that I know that's a pimp that comes around he punched a girl that I work with in the face like I don't know what happened between them and I hope that she's okay I don't know her that well but that is how disrespectful and ugly it gets and thankfully that's she's I like he that's all that happened but it's just no matter how much somebody sweet talks to you and texts you like they're yours and like you're protected and this and that it's never that it's all fake and just don't buy into the bullshit and that also brings me to another point I've realized more and more that the most successful strippers are not the hottest girls or the baddest bitches or the ones that micromanage their appearances and go and get BBLs and their lashes and their hair and their nails done every week. Yes, people are going to throw money and spend money on those girls. 
But the most successful dancers are the ones who have the work ethic to show up consistently and understand how to make people feel comfortable and at home and to want to talk to them. No matter how shady or how terrible the club that you're both at is, the most successful dancers are the ones who bring people peace and have the consistency to always show up and get their fucking bag. Just to loop it back, if you're working with a pimp, it's going to be hard to have that consistency because you're going to be on their time. If you're working for yourself, that is how you make money. It is about being consistent and showing up. Most of the time, odds are, yes, there are some clubs where you have to have your nails done and they always say, like, you have to, you know, have everything done. But for the most part, I'm going to be honest with you, this past week, I worked with chipped nail polish, no lashes, My hair extensions were all fucked up and, like, gross, to be honest. And I still made a fucking bag. If you can talk to people and if you're consistent with it, most of the time, people don't really care that much about the, like, small things. I'm not to, like, humble brag or... I hope that's not what it's coming across like, but you don't need to have, like, a perfect BBL or whatever to be a dancer. You really don't. And I think when girls start dancing and they go to the club, they, I mean, obviously there are some clubs, like I feel like Magic City in Atlanta or like Booby Trap on the River in Miami or whatever, where all the girls kind of look like they're, they have a certain shape and they kind of have a certain way that they look. But for the most part, in most clubs, they have every type of girl working. Like a lot of clubs, it's not like you have to be a 10 out of 10 and have everything perfect to make money at the strip club. No. For the most part, and I can't speak for all men, but I feel like people just want to come and have fun. And if you can allow them to do that and facilitate that fun, then you're going to make money. You don't have to have everything perfectly done appearance wise so don't stress out about it too much at all I used to literally feel like I had to have my nails done my lashes my makeup perfect new shoes all this stuff every week I just feel like at the end of the day when you add it all up it's kind of a waste of money and it's also just a stressful thing to always feel like you have to look sexy and you have to look amazing be clean smell good shower Take care of yourself, but don't worry about it too much. Just don't. It's not worth it. Also, and this is my personal theory, so you guys let me know if you agree or not. I think as much as people come to the strip club to flex or to have fun or to celebrate like a bachelor party or whatever it is, or to be honest, in Atlanta to have fucking lunch, because literally people come to the strip club to have lunch, that's regular. But as much as people come to the club to have fun... I think that men also come to the strip club to escape and also, and this is the part that they don't necessarily know or that they're not necessarily aware of, I think they actually come to heal from whatever the fuck else they have going on. I think there's something that's very like therapeutic almost about being at a strip club once you get past the bullshit. Like there's some anonymity to it. Odds are you don't really know who you're talking to. They don't really know you. You're supposed to have a conversation. You're around beautiful women. They're touching on you. They're giving you attention like they probably wouldn't in real life. I've had a lot of customers tell me that there is something very healing about just being around women at the strip club. So 
even though it might be kind of a fucked up version of therapy, just know that that's something that is going on at the club. And if you can provide that healing, nurturing energy, which often is really just listening to what somebody has to say, just literally listening to people when so often we're, we all go about our lives like saying that we shouldn't, you know, unload too much onto others or like share too much or like be too vulnerable or whatever it is, especially for guys. I feel like guys aren't taught to open up to even their friends. Everything's just like, oh, yeah, it's straight, bro. Moving on. If you can just be there to listen to someone, it goes so far. And I think it's actually one of the like silver linings of the strip club. And I would really recommend just working on listening to people. You don't even really have to offer advice. Like just be there to hear them out. I think it'll take you far. Also, when we are talking to customers, when we are listening to their life stories or their sob stories or whatever the case may be, it's important, and I've had really good days when I've remembered this, that you keep your guard up. You don't have to tell your life story to everyone. Not everyone deserves your energy. Not everyone deserves like your actual authentic self, whatever that might be. Sometimes it's okay to just listen and dance for somebody or give them like the half story of who you are. Apparently, actually, this is crazy, but my manager told me this. I'm not even going to give too much details because I don't want nobody to find it. But apparently there's like some strip club forum in Atlanta and people talk about different dancers and different like girls and whatever. And apparently they talk about me on it. And apparently all of the guys can't figure out who I actually am or where I'm actually from because <laughs> depending on the day, I just give people different answers and none of them are wrong, but I just feel like for someone to actually get my whole story, like they don't really deserve that yet. I don't think that most customers deserve that. And I feel like as dancers, we should really be aware of that to not take in too much and give too much of ourselves to people that are, even though they're paying us for our time, like not everyone deserves your energy. They just don't. So conserve it. Keep your guard up. Don't let people infiltrate your fucking shield because that is what keeps you, you, you know? A few last things before I get off this subject for a while. We got to touch on it. I don't want to touch on it, but we got to touch on it. Extras. Extras at the strip club happen. And the problem with extras in general, I'm talking extras like VIP room extras, champagne room extras, whatever the fuck you want to call it. The strip club, you're supposed to be selling a fantasy. You're not supposed to literally be selling pussy. Please stop fucking everyone in VIP. Unless you're, like, super desperate or in a particular situation where you just have to get it any way possible, then, like, I'm really not here to judge anyone, but girls who are selling pussy at the club and fucking everyone are fucking the game up for the rest of us. They're fucking the game up for everyone who comes into the establishment. Because, first of all, like, usually they're selling it for, like, just way too low of any number, and don't even get me started on the guys who are actually paying for it and down. But when you are selling that or any other extras like that at the club, 
First of all, you have to realize that the next time that person comes back, if they come back, they're going to want the same thing for less and then less and then less. Also, you're putting yourself in danger because God knows. I mean, even if you're being safe, like whatever they have, you don't know. Also, strip club is not a sex club. Like when you do that, you create an environment where customers come back thinking they're going to get that same thing every time and asking different girls for that same thing. And I've had a lot of encounters with customers where they're like, okay, well, can we go to VIP and this for $100? And I'm like, fuck no. Who do you think I am? Like, no. And again, like not in a judgmental way am I saying this, but I just think if you are constantly selling pussy at the club evaluate what you're doing i don't think it's necessarily worth it i mean in terms of the men who pay for it or the men who ask for extras this sort of brings me to the next and one of the final points it is really hard to have a healthy relationship to the male species as a whole never mind like with one man when you watch men cheat on their wives every day at work really care what anyone says there's definitely something about that that changes you as a person it changes how you look at people it changes how you treat men inevitably i guess it also ends up changing how men treat you it's a vicious cycle and it's not healthy at all so full disclosure it is now monday morning i am having a coffee getting ready to go to work and after sleeping on this little part about extras i wanted to just re-record this before i put it out because I know the typical safe society accepted thing to say when it comes to this subject is that you don't need to do it. You'll make more money dancing. You know, I never do it. Nobody ever does it. Then who the fuck is doing it? I don't know. But the truth is, because I feel like what this podcast really is, is me being 100% honest. The truth is, you will probably make more money doing extras. Like, that sucks to say, unless you have a really good night where some big baller comes in and spends, I don't know, a couple thousand bucks. Most of the time, unless you're selling pussy for the super cheap, you're probably going to make more. But ultimately, if it costs you your peace of mind, it's too expensive. Ultimately, the dangers that you're putting yourself in just also mentally for your future relationships, probably isn't worth it and you should probably stop doing it as soon as possible. I know a lot of girls at the club I work at that do it don't come from the US. A lot of them are Cuban and they don't really speak English and I feel like that's just their main way to hustle. I can't really blame them for that and frankly, we can't even speak because they don't speak English. But for the most part, it's something that I feel like is more expensive than the money you're actually making from it, if that makes sense. However, I know it seems like the promising thing to do in certain situations because odds are, I'm just going to keep 100% real with you guys, most customers do not just want to sit in VIP and talk to you. Most customers get a champagne room because they think it's going to be more intimate. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have sex, but that there's going to be more touching involved. There's going to just be, you know, it's going to be more intimate. And some clubs have people that come and check in on you. Some clubs have cameras, but some don't. And unfortunately, 
it's going to be hard to get that same amount of money from somebody if you're literally just sitting and talking to them as much as like on TikTok that's what girls might make it seem like they do that's one last thing I really want to address is like all of these stripper talk TikTok videos where girls are flexing that they made like I saw one girl she said she made thirty thousand dollars in one night in VIP and she didn't do anything except talk to them and they were just handing her racks and racks and racks I'm sorry I don't know she was in Vegas I know VIPs in Vegas are expensive. I know sometimes it costs $1,000 just for the room. So obviously the type of people that you're going to be attracting have fucking money. But still, I do not buy that you did not do shit in that VIP. Like, they were probably ashing cigarettes in your fucking ass if you made $30,000. I'm sorry. That's just what it was. That's what it is. And when you see these girls on TikTok flexing like they made all this cash don't think that they're just sitting there looking pretty. I know that legally, like, a lot of this shit is illegal, so you have to say that that's what you're doing, I guess. Plus, you don't want people to judge you, but realistically, I'm telling you, you will make more doing extras, but you still shouldn't do it. And when you see people making all of this money, know that they're probably not just shaking their ass and talking, depending on the club again, but that's probably not what's going on. So let me just close it out with this since I have some new clarity and some new perspective on this beautiful Monday morning. When I was at the club on Friday, there was a girl who came in for her first time. She was a new mom. She even had like her breast milk pumps in her bag. It was her first day stripping. She was really pretty. She was out on the floor dancing, talking to people. She came back to the dressing room. She was like shaking and sweating. And she said she was super tired because she's just like not used to doing all of this. She was asking me about like, you know, what she should be doing, how everything at the club works. And she was putting so much pressure on herself to keep going out on the floor and making more money. And I get that, trust me, like I've been there and I'm still there almost every day, like especially now that I'm trying to save up to buy some fucking land. But, and this goes for everybody, no matter what type of dancer you are, I feel like the best way to maximize the money that you're making is to take care of yourself. Like, take a break when you need to, both at the club and, like, outside of it for a few days or a few weeks or a few months, whatever it, is, whatever it is that you need. But just take care of yourself and be easy on yourself and don't put too, too much pressure on yourself to make a certain amount of money. Because when you're working in that headspace of, like, I have to, I have to get another $500, I have to get another $1,000, you're not probably going to be as fun. Unless you're a really good actor, your energy probably isn't going to be as fun and carefree. And that's really what I think most people look for at the club. They want someone that can just entertain them and have fun with them and let them escape. So please, please, please take care of yourselves because this shit takes so much out of you. 